0: Through the weaver state weekly podcast i am your host a man so committed to weaver state he only drinks purple powerade colby peterson on the pod today we have the second most famous wildcat on twitter after damian lillard of course mr dustin chapman hey, hey next if you see him on the golf course with his wildcat bag you know him instantly we've got ac with us again yes sir i'm gonna be shooting 100 this week And finally, a man who just wishes the pie would deliver back east. We've got John King with us.
1: Oh, how I would love a slice of pie pizza right now. (laughs)
0: thanks everybody for being here on today's show we're going to be uh, chatting with uh, Big Sky Conference Senior Associate Commissioner John Casper. he has been kind enough to chat with us about what the conference is doing uh, what spring football might look like there are so many unknowns but we're going to chat about it and then we're going to we're going to break down the 2020 football recruiting class get ourselves a little bit amped for what will hopefully be a great season in the spring and finally we're going to have a game called lids we're going to ask our panel to put on their recruiting hats for you folks. And we're going to rate their pitches for, I guess, uh, being coaches at uh, Weber state. How well are they selling you uh, the uh, student athlete? So first, before we get to that, I want to encourage you all to subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, please subscribe and follow. Uh, We're also on social media. You can get us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Um, Be sure to join the Weber state wildcat fan facebook group on facebook it's a great opportunity to chat with other wildcat fans about anything that's happening in the wide world of Weber state sports a little fallow the field right now but still a lot of the great conversation going on and please encourage your friends and family to follow and rate us helps us do better on the podcast rankings and also get in more folks ears so with that i want to transition now and welcome big sky senior associate commissioner john Casper. With
2: us, how are you doing, John? I'm doing all right, considering we we, we don't have sports, so just trying <laughs> to stay positive and and uh, keep moving forward. But I, I appreciate you guys having me on, and I appreciate you guys uh, doing this podcast and promoting uh, Weaver State sports.
0: John, we appreciate you and being willing to take a little bit of time out of your day to chat with just a bunch of Wildcat fans about what might be happening, you know. And we got we got a true insider, folks, in the Big Sky Conference, so we appreciate him coming down to chat with us. So John, I want to just kind of start out. um, This was an idea that we had got from one of our contributors, Sean Lewis. And uh, I kind of wanted to start it this way because it will will lead us into football. But we were in the midst of the Big Sky Tournament up in Boise when COVID-19 really took hold and we had to cancel that that tournament midstream you know we were in the midst of games in fact weber state had already played its game and unfortunately we lost but i wanted to ask what were the conference's thoughts as that began did you you ever have any sense that this might be a much bigger and longer term uh pandemic than than maybe originally thought what what was going through your minds at that time
2: oh boy that was an interesting. i could write a book about leading up to that tournament and and then kind of what happened um on march 11th march 12th and march 13th and how we had to shut it down and what that felt like and you know driving back just thinking like how long is this going to last how long are we not going to be in our office are we do we have to worry about football in in sports in the fall and i never would have thought that we would be here in the middle of august knowing we're not going to play football this fall and it's it's depressing and you sometimes you wonder if there is life light at the end of the tunnel and I've used the mantra we're one day closer we're one day closer I don't know when that day is going to be that we're going to play sports again but we are one day closer mm-hmm. so that's you just try to stay positive but certainly my the most interesting time in my 16 years at, at the big sky and depressing and you worry about the student athletes and you think of them first and you care about their health. And, you know, now, I mean, quite honestly, I think you're going to see it at schools in the next week or two in our conference office, you're looking at furloughs and layoffs. And, and, um, those are, those are things that affect your friends and and your colleagues and it's affected a lot of people through this and just want to find a way to to get through it. Yes, sir.
0: Um, so with, the next question I want to ask John was kind of about that, about that financial aspect of the Big Sky Conference. Well, of the the, the Big Sky Tournament, and then also college football into the into the fall. Basketball, men's basketball and football bring in a, a lion's share of revenue for many of the schools in the conference. And so, I wanted to ask um, what the feeling was like across the conference in general, having had to now forego both of those things for those schools. Is there any sense of how people are feeling? financially across well
2: yeah absolutely i mean first and foremost it's about student athlete welfare but you'd be lying if you weren't if you're not going wow the, the financial impacts of these types of things i mean you look at a school like montana and montana state that relies so much on ticket sales um it's it's huge financially when you know six saturdays every fall those schools count on having 26,000, 25,000 at Montana and 20,000 at Montana state. And even a school like Eastern Washington, their stadium only seats, you know, 9,500, but they're filling that every week. And so, you know, we're not making the huge money on television rights like the power five are. So ticket sales are huge for our institutions and that is gone Hmm. for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah. And I think unfortunate too, for the folks in uh, Cheney, because, you know, they've just, we've talked about it on the show. They've just installed new, new red turf. Mm. Um, we have opinions about, <laughs> about how we feel about it, but they're, <laughs> but they're making investments in their facilities, you know, and they are a, a program up there that has a standard of excellence and yep. uh, they won't be able to, they won't be able to take advantage of that. And that's really unfortunate because, you know, th- their financial woes have been, uh, have been reported widely, and so right. it's, yep. it's sad to see for a program that has been so good and a key piece of the Big Sky Conference. I wanted to now bring in our panel, and, and uh, I know they've got a few questions for you, John, and let them kind of uh, pick your brain a little bit on on kind of what's going to be happening in the spring uh, and what what that might look like. So, who yep. wants to go first?
3: <laughs> I'll go. All right. John, thanks for being with us. Um, so. I, I, you can be as vague as you need to, but how likely is spring football? I mean, it, it is does FCS have the same constraints that FBS does? Is is FCS potentially more likely than FBS football? Um, I mean, what's the conversation around around the the, the, the conference and the athletic departments right now? Well,
2: well, first and foremost, we we want to find a way to do it because I think you know that once the student athletes once once they get over not playing this fall and realize we we can try to do this I think they'll be excited about it but things have to change with testing things have to change with the numbers um for this to to work I mean if if we are now things have been trending pretty well and, and some of us are in Utah and we've seen that it seems to be getting better the last couple weeks in Utah but the bottom but schools are opening so we have to see what the impact of that is going to be. And I think there's been some good news about potential you know, cheaper saliva testing. That would be huge for our institutions and our athletic departments because one of the biggest hurdles right now is the cost of testing and getting the test turned around. Um, you know, The NCAA said do it 72 hours before your competition So you think about that and you have to have those tests back, you know, within 48 hours, if you're the team getting on a plane to travel. Um, So those things have to change. We want to do spring football. Absolutely. We have discussed the student athlete welfare of playing um, a spring season and then turning right back around and playing a fall season. And if, that is something that can be done in football. So our goal is to do that. The NCA is, is working on, you know, uh, a kind of a timeline, a schedule for um, a playoff, so that we can then start building our schedule backward from that. You saw the SWAC this morning already released their schedule, um, but they do not uh, have an automatic bid to the FCS playoffs. So they're not as concerned about that, the playoff because if we're going to play at our level, we definitely want our teams to have a chance to play for a national championship. And, you know, Weber state's got a great team this year. We put two teams in the semifinals last year. So, you know, we feel there's North Dakota state out there, no doubt about it, James Madison, but, but we feel, you know, we're as strong as any conference at the FCS level.
3: Absolutely. And, to me, a lot of it is, you know, it's just so different state to state, right? The, right. the protocols and the standards. I mean, I was in Oregon this summer for a, for a few weeks, and you know, I, the way that they were perceiving the numbers as opposed to what Utah was eye opening to me because I was like, you know, Utah had like four or five hundred cases a day at the time, and. And in Oregon, they were freaking out over like 150. And I was like, okay, so you're just, you're dealing with just a, a very wide spectrum of. <laughs> right. Well, of the, we have everything. eight states we're dealing
2: with. And the point you made, Portland in Multnomah County is still in phase one. Right. And it's- so they brought their athletes back when they went into the weight room because of social distancing and the protocols they had to follow. They couldn't have spotters. So you tell me how football players are supposed to lift weights and train without spotters. At Eastern Washington in Spokane County, they can't have more than five people together. So how can you practice football without, you know, with five people? So now there were states that, you know, for the most part, you probably could do it or you could have 50 people. And so we had schools talking about, well, we're going to do 50 players practice for two hours and then turn around and practice again with the other 50 players. So. It's ridiculous. I, I, not, I mean, it's something we have to do. I'm not. Say, I'm not saying the protocols are ridiculous, but it's ridiculous to to think that we could we could try to play football,
3: um, you know, in three weeks. Well, you're you're dealing with ideologies of you know it's the entire Western United States. I mean, it, yeah, it's yeah. it's very wide ranging. This is one one last question for me, <laughs> and this is more of a theoretical. But there's been people that have floated the idea out there of you know. Okay. So we move, we move FCS football to the spring. Is that a good thing to do permanently? I have my thoughts on it. I'm not sure that it is, but is, is that a, is that a good idea? No, and I, I no, I don't think, I don't think
2: so at all. Because you have schools understand FCS level and the schools, you know, they're, they're, they're stretched with their administration, right? You got to have all these people to put on games and events and we're already short staffed. So Number one, like trying to figure out this spring and playing all these sports for one year is gonna be a monumental task. But when we get back to normal, you know, every conference in the country, division one, has baseball except for the Big Sky Conference. Making so sense. you're putting on baseball games, you're putting on softball games, you're putting on on football games. And no, I don't think it's a good idea. And because of the way football works with the combine and players getting ready, and you have so many football players that already graduate want to graduate in december and be done uh i don't i don't i don't like that idea at all
0: yeah, yeah i i uh i loved you so there's a great series that the big sky conference put on and it's called classics with casper uh if you haven't seen it check them wait out wait a
3: second who who does that <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: they're great great short little videos that john does talking about big sky history and one of those was about uh big sky baseball so the last big sky baseball champions were gonzaga bulldogs zag sorry yeah. anyway uh yeah so the, I, th- I think that those videos are great but it does make me sad that there is no big sky baseball
2: yeah we have two we have two teams that sponsor the sport but uh both play in, in other conferences we have to have six teams sponsor the sport
0: all right so we're gonna we're gonna be leaning on tim crompton <laughs> just kidding uh who, who wants to go next anybody else has questions for john about spring ball i know i do but i want to let you uh, you guys have a have a, a stab at it
1: Hey, John, uh, uh, thanks for uh, being with us this evening. We really do appreciate um, uh, you you talking to us as well. Uh, I'm also John, John King, uh, one of the guys. J.K., who, like it. Yes, <laughs> exactly, same initials. Um, we've talked a little bit about football so far, but I kind of wanted to transition to uh, uh, some hoops talk um, uh, right, while we have you. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, do you guys anticipate the college basketball season starting on time? Or do you think that um, uh, the conference is going to have to, the teams in the conference are going to have to push
2: back their start date um, to that season as well? Great, great question. And if someone has a crystal ball, please let me know. Um, I mean, right now that's the goal. I think you'll see us make a decision on that probably within a month by the, by the beginning of October, what we don't want to do is have it play out like football did where it's like, yeah, we're going, we're going, we're going, but honestly probably realizing it's just too much. Again, I think a lot of it comes down to how these first few weeks of, of classes go. Um, If this rapid testing um, can get in place on our campuses in time. Um, So I don't do my general feeling is I don't feel good about us playing basketball until probably January. That's, that's how I personally feel with, you know, what's transpiring. So um, I think that we need, we desperately need to play a basketball season because if there's not an NCAA tournament again, because there's so much money involved there that trickles down to the every division one conference and every division one school that. We have to start formulating plans for potential, I don't want to call them, you know, they're not going to be bubbles like the NBA has, but some kind of modified uh, bubbles um, where we send teams and, (sighs) but (laughs) there's, I've got a list here of all the things that, that, that entails. And, you know, we've started some preliminary discussions about that to see how, how that might work and, and, and if it can get done. Yeah, so, and just, but it's it's so important that we play that yeah. uh, just because of the money involved. Everyone knows the money that the NCAA tournament brings in to fund the NCAA, which funds other sports, which funds all these other championships.
3: And
1: then one follow up question along the lines and you were kind of going in that uh, going in that direction. Um, obviously, the unit money that comes from the NCAA tournament that trickles down to the conferences is, is a huge portion of revenue, but I was kind of hoping, and I don't know if you can give numbers or give anything, but just like general, generally speaking, like what kind of effect that has on the budgets in the schools, not only like Weber state, but just, you know, around the conference. In yeah, general. Well,
2: for our, for our conference office, that would be a significant hit because some of that money is used to fund our conference office. So, and that's the way it is at most conferences our size. So that would be a huge hit. Um, you know, when schools are talking about $26 million or $15 million budgets at, at our schools, I mean, everything matters, um, but it's not, a, that wouldn't be a gigantic loss. Not like losing six home football games when you have a 19,000 season ticket holders. Thank you.
0: Yeah. I see you, any, anything from you, I'll give you the last word here. Last question.
4: You know, I had a whole bunch of questions coming in and I think he's answered most of my, I, I do have one question though, if it's all right, John, and I, I appreciate yeah. you coming out and joining us. Um, I was wondering if the conference has a particular perspective as to which sports are easier to protect the athletes from potentially getting the virus, or if there are sports that, present specific challenges that make them harder to protect the athletes. Does yeah. the conference have any idea or any opinions well, on that?
2: Yeah. The NCAA has given us guidelines for what they considered like high risk sports, mid risk and low risk. And so golf, golf uh, which I love golf. So, um, and played play golf all summer long, social distancing. Um, that would be obviously one, um, you know, you could probably have golf tournaments right now, but if you're not traveling um, and so if you're not getting on planes and things like that, um, tennis is another one that um, you know, is natural social distancing. So that's one that, that could be played, but vo- you know, volleyball um, you're probably going to see some different things when volleyball is played where you know, the team switch benches after every set, they they're not going to probably do that, those types of things um, anymore. Um, but but football is not a low risk one, and everyone knows that. So, um, definitely more protocols and things that you have to follow uh, with football.
0: A lot of good insights there, John, about what we're facing in terms of athletics in the future and what it holds. In the spring we're anxiously looking forward to. I, I've never been a person who's uh, willing to look past Christmas, but I am right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, right? It's just like how many days left? We have this left in this. Godforsaken year. <laughs> so, yeah. but always guys look at the positive and tell your people to, to stay positive and wear a mask. I, you know, that's a controversial thing, but it's, it's, it shouldn't be. Um, it helps us. And, and the more people that wear masks and follow up social distancing, I think the sooner we can give, get college sports back and pray for that vaccine to, to come sooner rather than later and be effective. And then we can all, we can all, Go back to sporting events and and see the the student athletes and enjoy a hot dog or go to Milwaukee and eat some bratwurst with a the secret sauce. Yeah, as you know, we're both winter Brewer hats, so
3: and that's yeah, the type so. of thing
2: I miss going to sporting events. And I know all you guys do as well, and are probably going. What what am I going to do this fall? So yeah.
3: there, there's oh. a there's a collectivism in being with bunch of other people that that or even opposing fans that are rooting for the same thing that's the my favorite part of sports is absolutely being with 10 20 60,000 other people yeah rooting on the same thing so just
2: just think about how great that's going to be when it finally happens Yep, and just keep pushing for that day man
0: Well, John, uh, we appreciate you. Maybe in the future, we'll have you back on to talk a little bit more when things become a little bit more clear on how things will shake out in the spring. But until then, uh, like I said, we appreciate you being willing to talk to us here on Weber State Weekly. And um, best of luck at the conference. I know you
2: guys got a heavy lift over there. so Yeah.
0: Thanks so much, guys.
2: We're pulling for you. Thank you. Anytime you need me, I'm happy to come on, guys. Good luck with this. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Uh, now we're going to move to our second segment. We're going to be talking about the 2020 football recruiting class. We've got a lot of exciting things happening on campus at Weber State. I felt like we had a good class. And so we're going to put our panel to the test, get their opinions on what they felt was was good news, what maybe they have some things to worry about, and um, chat a little bit about some of the most standout players that committed to Weber State over this last summer. So. We're going to start out though by just going overall i'm going to ask the panel if you could give the 2020 recruiting class a grade tell me what that is and then maybe give me a brief example of why you think that is so let's start with uh let's start with you Chappie. what do you think give it us give this this thing a grade
3: yeah i'm I'm giving it an a minus uh times are good in ogden and when times are good, grades are easy to give out. <laughs> they, they they focused on the right places. Um, you know, clearly Randall Johnson transferring in from Middle Tennessee State was was the biggest thing. Most Wildcat fans believe that that we were we we were an a quarterback away from from the title game, and 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 we, that's quarterback. <laughs> uh, and if you think about it, getting a an FBS transfer in, I mean, going back to to JMU, you know. Danucci at JMU you know he, he was the guy that killed us along with Riley Stapleton but Danucci was a pick guy um, he even started some games as a sophomore for them and then he transferred into JMU and he he, he parlayed that into a seventh round draft pick in the NFL this past year so Got um, contract with the Dallas Cowboys it's exactly right so and I'm not saying our QB situation the past year was you know was bad but um, you know there's some things that could have been improved and, 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 in big games, um, things didn't necessarily happen the way we wanted it to. And, uh, having a, having a dual threat quarterback, I think really gives us some options.
0: That's great. What about you, AC? If you can give this recruiting class a grade, what, what would you say? And tell us, tell us why.
4: I've got to give it an A okay. and I think that it's a little deceiving because if you go onto a recruiting site and you look at kind of just the surface level You'll see that Weber State's ranked 10th in the big sky and they didn't get many players, but you got to look a little bit deeper than that. We got Randall Johnson, who isn't included on some of the recruiting sites uh, rec- on Weber State's recruiting class on some of the recruiting sites. Braden Ship, who he originally signed with Boise State. He's an offensive lineman. He's coming into Weber State now. Another guy that really caught my eye is Jordan Turner. He's a three-star kid. and According to 24-7, He's one of the top 10 most talented football players we've ever signed. He's number nine. And so when I look at this class, the defense was there. We saw it last year. We've seen it the last three years when we've led the conference in defense, and we've won the conference each one of those years. This year we loaded up on offense with the offensive line, a quarterback, another wide receiver. I have to give this class an A. I'm super excited to see these guys in action, I think that they're going to win a lot of games for us.
0: Yeah. And another thing I think that was surprising was the fact that how, how many local recruits actually were a part of this class. I think that we've had a lot of success getting guys out of Washington. You know, you talked about Jordan Turner. He came out of Bothell, Washington, but also, you know, we had a lot of success getting guys out of Southern California, but quite a few interesting folks coming out of the local market. So maybe that's a trend that we see continue. Uh, John King, I wanted to ask you what, uh, what you thought, give, give this recruiting class a grade.
1: So I'm also going to be given this recruiting class an A, and it's a really, really good time if you're a Wildcat fan. Um, Randall Johnson is going to get people out of their seats this uh, this spring. Um, no, this is no respect to no no disrespect to Jake Constantine because he had a very, very successful career at um at we weaver state and we wish him all the best at towson but i think having the dual threat aspect of randall johnson is really going to open up the offense i think it's going to help josh davis a lot because he's because go- randall is going to be able to help shoulder the load in the running game a little bit but it's also going to allow uh uh it's also going to allow the uh the passing game to open up as well because play action is going to be so 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 devastating um so and uh I I believe I just uh, made a mistake um uh, we wish Jake the best at uh, at Washington State my my apologies right. um so um anyways uh that's really going to help um but one thing that you can one thing to mention real quick we we weber state does have 17 of their 22 um, uh starters from last year's team uh returning next uh returning next season and one thing that that allows for is allows you to take some risk in the recruiting process as well so when you have most of your talent you know starting talent coming back you can go out and you can take a risk on a logan strom a six seven tight end who has played basketball the last couple of years and you can say okay well, we'll bring you into our program and see if you know we have something here he could be a total game changer i mean you know six foot seven tight ends don't grow in and that could be an absolute matchup nice nightmare it also gives you the ability to you know take some risk on the defensive side of the ball um we know george Charles is going to return um he uh one of our leading sack getters last year but allows you to take a risk on someone like okiki olaron fund me which if you watch his highlight tapes he looks like a really rangy athlete who while he's a little raw in defending the run game i think that on pass down, uh, passing downs uh this spring He's going to be a huge threat and someone that you're going to be able to put opposite of Tarlis, uh, especially late in the season, to try to rush the passer. But all in all, I think, you know, you look top to bottom. You really got to give this recruiting class an A, and it's really exciting times to be a Wildcat fan.
0: Yeah, an interesting note on Okiki is the fact that he's coming out of Reedley Junior College, which was where... Uh, Randall Johnson started his college football career and had great success there and ended up, you know, parlaying that into a position at middle Tennessee before coming to Weber state. So those kinds of relationships, it's, I think it's really important that maybe, and I don't know if that the players feel this way, but it's important that they come to Weber state, that they play well, because it sort of creates a pathway of if you're playing at the junior college level and these guys succeed now, Jay Hill will continue to look to Reedley junior college as a place where we might find really great talent to fill our ranks as you know, the college football machine turns on. Um, now I want to rotate or uh, pivot now and ask you all aside from the quarterback position, cause we've talked about that already, which unit within the team saw the most improvement. John King, I, I wanted to give you the first, first shot at this question. Well, I'll
1: be quick here. Um, I, I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be the offensive line. Um, I think you look at someone like Braden Ship, uh, who you know ends who originally signed with Boise State, then uh, decommits and ends up coming to Weber State. Um, going to be a big offensive tackle. Um, uh, offensive line, I know, was an issue, uh, a little bit of an issue last year. Being able to bring a big body in like like him hopefully shores up some of that uh, some of those holes and will give some good protection to Randall, uh, uh, Randall Johnson and also open up some running lanes for Josh Davis as well. So I think that was a huge, huge get. Um, uh, uh, I think that was a huge, huge get for the Wildcats.
0: Oh, Lions seeing the improvement. AC, what do you think? The unit, aside from the quarterback, that saw the most improvement in this class?
4: Aside from the quarterback, I'm going to say the wide receivers, and here's my logic. Weber State's returning their top three wide receivers from last year. You had Macpherson, Ames, and Cooley.
0: And then you're adding, you're
4: adding, well, Shahid too. Shahid was injured for the last few games last year, right? And then you're adding Jordan Turner to this. Jordan Turner, he's 6'5". He's got good speed for someone who's 6'5". He's going to be playing on the outside. You cannot double any of Weber State's receivers, and you're improved at quarterback already. You can't double any of the receivers. You can't stack the box. You can't. I mean, this this team has the potential to be wide open, and I think it's because of the wide receiver group. You add Jordan Turner to an already loaded wide receiver core, and I think that this group is just going to be lights out next year. And I think Weber State's going to put up a lot of points on the scoreboard. And I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a ton of fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And John mentioned this in you know his his piece where because of the addition of Randall Johnson, you're going to have to now cover and compensate for that because he is a person who has legs, you know, he can run. And that wasn't necessarily something that we had last season. So you're going to have to watch and those guys are going to have to, you know, hang around. And that leaves the secondary kind of maybe hanging out to dry in a way because you've got these wide outs that can really turn on the jets and they're, and they're big. Like you said, Uh, Chappy, what did you think? Best unit, uh, the best improvement among the units on in this recruiting class.
3: Like John, I'm going O-line. You know, they picked up four offensive linemen in the class, uh, and I'm going to hit on this on two points. When you have dynamic guys in the backfield and behind center, you need protection. Okay, and that, that that's what we got in more offensive linemen. Uh, but beyond that, when you start playing against the elite teams, you watch Weber State. You know, when we start getting into the late games against elite teams. We struggled around the ball, okay? and, and and I think a good likening to that is also our our, our FBS games. Um, take a look at our FBS games last year. When we played San Diego State, our leading rusher was Chris Jackson. He had 14 yards. Okay. We played Nevada. The leading rusher was Kevin Smith, 26 yards. Okay. You need big bodies to help those dynamic backs and quarterbacks that we now have um, getting four offensive linemen and, and improving that is going to be paramount to Weaver state success.
0: Man, that is great. And uh, I'm going to move to the last question. Now I'm just going to ask you just for the name here, which new addition has you most excited for the season when it happens, hopefully in the spring Chappie, why don't we start with you?
3: It's Randall Johnson.
0: Easy. Randall Johnson. AC, hey, what do you got?
4: Got to be Randall Johnson.
0: Randall Johnson. All right. John King? I'll go contrarian uh,
1: just because I don't want to all say Randall uh, Randall Johnson, but uh, six foot seven athletic tight ends don't grow on trees. Give me Logan Strom.
0: You know, I'm kind of there too, and here's why. I miss Andrew Vollert so much. Man. And according to Brett Hine, when uh, Logan Strom was considering coming to weaver state he had a conversation with andrew vollard and so if we can get some of that uh we had such great success when we had a a big tight end like that on the line
1: and shout out to andrew vollard too uh uh he made an appearance on hard knocks last week on hbo so feel free to check that out i know no free ads but he uh uh he he did make an appearance on hard knocks
0: awesome well uh let's pivot now to our final segment. we are gonna play a game so what I have for you panel today is a game called LIDS. We're going to put your coaching slash recruiting hat on for, for a minute, folks. What I'm going to be asking you to do is you're sitting in front of a potential recruit from high school, a junior college, an FBS transfer, whatever, however you want to couch it. You need to make a pitch to them in 60 seconds why Weber State is the place for them to come and play the rest of their football career, or their entire football career. So with that, I'm going to start with you, John King. You've got 60 seconds to sell me. Once we're done here, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to give you a grade. But then we're also going to turn it over to the Wildcat fans in the audience. We're going to be posting a poll in the Weaver State fans group on Facebook after this, this episode drops, and you're going to have an opportunity to vote yourself on who you think had the best pitch on this week's episode. So without further ado, John King, Sell me. Why do I play football at Weber State?
1: Well, it's an easy sell right now. I mean, we are the cream of the crop in the Big Sky Conference. I mean, you look at last year; the Big Sky put uh, had had two of the semifinalists, and we were one of them. Uh, we the the Big Sky is is maybe the most uh, uh, is maybe the most talented football conference in uh, all of the FCS level, and we're one of the top schools. Um, you're going to get to come to Ogden, Utah, and you're going to get to play for Jay Hill. Jay Hill has completely turned the Weber State program around, and it's taken it from relative obscurity to um, uh, to, the, uh, to a top five program consistently year in and year out. So not only are you going to uh, win, win a lot of games, but you're going to get to play for a great coach. And then. One underrated thing, just for you know, schools the FCS level, w- we put players in the league. I mean, Teron Johnson was a fourth round pick of the Buffalo Bills and is having a really, really nice start to uh, to his career, and he's a starter. Um, uh,
0: and... <laughs> great uh, pitch, great pitch, John. Uh, I love the in, the inclusion of Teron Johnson. What a great guy! What a great success story out of Weber State. So, if I could give that pitch a grade. How about go I'm gonna go I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go B plus. I felt like it was uh it was good, inspiring. Uh but I've I- never
1: been good at a time limit, Colby.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Uh all right, next. So I will let's see. A C, you can go next and uh uh your time will start now
4: you want to win football games at a high level, you come to Weber State. Let me tell you something about Weber State. Weber State is in the SEC of FCS. The Big Sky Conference is the big time. It's the best conference in FCS football, bar none. We were responsible for 50% of the semifinalists in the playoffs last year. And guess what? Weber State was one of them. You want to know something else? Weber State wins at this level consistently. We are back to back to back Big Sky champs. We are the best of the best. You want to play for the best? You come to Weber State and you play for Coach Jay Hill, who's one of the hottest coaches at the FCS level. He's, this guy's going places, but before he goes places, he's taking us places. You want to play in an awesome stadium? You come to Stewart Stadium. It's cut out of a freaking mountainside. You want to play in front of crazy fans? You come to Weber State and you're going to play in front of fans who have been starved for success and are finally getting their first taste of it. Weber State's the place for you, young man. Don't make a mistake. Sign the paper.
0: And time. Wow. Right there. Wow. Right on the money. I can't, that was, that was great. Great work. Do I get bonus points for that? <laughs> that was pretty good. Not going to lie. Right on time there. Couldn't believe it. Uh, all right. That, that was a pretty good pitch. I like the energy. I like, like what you're bringing there. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give that pitch. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give that pitch. Maybe, maybe an a minus. Uh, I, I feel like it was good. It was good. It was good. And then you started talking about Stewart stadium. And uh, uh, I don't know, man. It was like, oh, you make it sound like the first taste of success. Oh man, oh. All right, pretty good though. All right, finally, we're gonna have Dustin Chapman, Chappy. Your man. time begins
3: now. Okay, I have a. I don't have the same voice as AC, so it's gonna be rough. But I'm wasting my time. All right. You want to go a place where the facilities have drastically improved. The nicest locker room in the state outside of a place that's not in the Pac-12 and has unlimited money, you come to Weber State. That facility is brand new. It's shiny. It's the best thing that anybody else in the state has by far, other than Utah. Uh, Beyond that, why do you play the game? Let's gold school Herm Edwards here. You play to win. Okay. If you're a local kid, why would you choose Utah State or Utah or BYU and ride the bench? Come to Weber State and play, and not only play, but win and win big games. Let your family come see you. Let them see you win and let them see you do great things at a high level. Finally, our athletic department is very progressive. They are very good at getting content out there for the athletes and letting them have the content to share on social media that is really big for the young kids. And uh, it's something that they all crave. Our athletic department has been very progressive in doing that. Oh, and it is
0: time! Wow, man, I was—you uh, know—I was impressed. You play the game to win. I like—I like the reference. Um, I was honestly surprised, you know, with the uh, the progressive comment and the willingness to give props to the athletic department. You know, that was,
3: was good. The content has. The content has been upgraded in the last year and a half right they've they're they're putting out some cool stuff
0: yeah they definitely are uh they've upped their game and so they definitely appreciate that overall how am i gonna how am i gonna grade this you guys are making my job hard you know that it's just it's just really tough over here Uh, i think i'm gonna give that one a uh, i'm gonna give it a b plus wow I mean, it was good. You were, talking, you were talking, you know, but I felt like that was a local pitch. Like, if I'm a kid sitting in Washington, like, what? I don't care about Utah State. But... So, I could be totally wrong on all this, and I just pissed off the entire panel. So, now we're going to turn it over to the fans. Once this episode drops, go to the Weber State Fans Facebook group. You'll have an opportunity to vote in a poll on who you thought had the best pitch in this segment that we call Lids. Uh, oh, we'll also be putting that poll on Twitter. So follow us at Weaver State Weekly on Twitter, and you'll find the poll there as well. If have an opportunity to make your opinion known. So with that, we're going to wrap up the show. Going to talk about, well, I, I have a segment in here about upcoming games, but as we've talked about before, there are none. Depressing, I know. But – if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email us at weberstateweekly at gmail.com. That's where we will take your feedback, take your ideas. Um, love to have them. So please feel free to email us. You can also follow us on Facebook at weaverstateweekly.com or at facebook.com slash weberstateweekly. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Weber State Weekly. And feel free to go and check out our blog, weberstateweekly.com. Uh, we've been posting Some great articles. We have a 10 question segment that's being led by AC. He's writing up with all this great stuff, uh, came up with the idea. And so you're going to get to meet each of the members of our panel and some of our contributors to Weber State Weekly, get to know them a little bit better, get to pull the curtain back a little bit. So with that, I want to thank everybody for coming on the show today, voicing your opinions and being a part of Weber State Weekly. And until next week, Weber State, Weber State.